Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Now here's the best, stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there all you stay tuners, welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, with a rolling thunderstorm going on in the background, so you guys may hear some uh, thunder and, well you can't really see the lightning because I'm recording here, but so... Hopefully we can get through this show before uh, I lose power. Hopefully we don't lose power, but, you know, it's still a little warm here, so I'd like to keep the power on so I could uh, put the AC back on because it's a little warm in, in the room here recording, but hopefully you guys are having a good week. We had the NFL back this week, kicking off week one. I was happy with how my uh, team looked, even though it was the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I know our, our uh, friend over there, at Max Graphics um, and the NSRA driver, Chris Darling wasn't too happy and, and Ben Adams wasn't too happy. Um, I kept my trash talk with them at a minimum because I wasn't sure to like what to expect with uh, Hertz and, and the, the Eagles, but we'll, we'll talk about that, that game a little later on. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Notre Dame game, how just horrendous this, this team is. Um, scathing by two unranked teams and you know just just terrible just terrible but um as far as the Notre Dame schedule though like it's only gets tougher you know so um but before we really really get into the show because there's other topics that we're going to talk about too that um I want to bring up um head over to StayTunedSports.net. There's some thunder there, in case you guys heard it. <laughs> StayTunedSports.net, so you can follow all of our social media accounts, which is right on the right-hand side there. Um, and we have the merch tab up top there. Going to add some, you know, with fall coming, maybe update some of the hoodies and things like that. And also visit BetAngles.com. I have a link there on the website as well. Um, get all your betting odds and you know all that stuff. Um, live scores. For ten dollars a month, um, you know, it's advice and stuff like that too. So, if you and you know, if you don't want to buy any merch from our website, head over to www.buymeacoffee.com/stsports, and it's just another way to help show your support towards the show. And I, like I always say, anything that you guys donate to the show is going right back into the giveaways. 
which if you guys were following our Facebook and Twitter account on uh, Thursday, I believe I, I announced it. We did a little little giveaway for Facebook posts and Twitter posts. Um, and we had two winners. You know, both winners got $25 gift cards from Amazon. Not going to do it every week because, you know, kind of does get a little expensive, but definitely going to do some more uh, giveaways in the, the near future. You know, not going to go very long. But, uh, so, like I said, talk, you know, started talking about the Notre Dame game a little bit. Uh, just, just horrendous. You know, you're playing Toledo, and there was some, some things in there, like, I just didn't understand what, what Coach Kelly was thinking. First, Jack, uh, Cone played well again. You know, I mean, granted, he had two INTs. One was almost the... The deal breaker it was ran back for a touchdown that was the first time we were actually really seen him really mess up um but other than that he was playing decent and why i bring this up is uh i believe it was late second quarter or early third quarter coach kelly pulled him out because he wanted to get quote a spark in his team and they brought in uh the freshman quarterback um Buckner, uh, Tyler Buckner, and yeah, Grant. Okay, he he did give a spark to that offense and everything, but here's the thing: Toledo wasn't playing or game planning for this kid. They were game planning for Jack Cohen. So now that you pretty much announced to the world that you're probably gonna have to run a a two quarterback system, they're gonna start game plan for both quarterbacks. The problem is with this team on offense, and I've said it last week after the Florida State game is this offensive line you know uh, once again the running game was tough going and passing you know passing wise I mean granted this this game he got sacked six times uh, Jack Cohen got uh, sacked but often the offensive line is not getting any push up front now why would you pull out a player that was playing well Okay, um, making some good passes. Other than that, one INT was a terrible pass on him. Start benching some of these offensive linemen. I mean, you, you, you got probably 50, 60 players on that team. Probably carrying 10, 15 offensive linemen. Why not see what the other kids could do? Maybe they, they maybe you got like a diamond in a rough that you don't know about. And you're, you're just putting this makeshift offensive line out there. Keep shifting it, because after this week, you know, they, they play Purdue this weekend. After this weekend, you got three straight ranked teams. Um, I believe it's Wisconsin after Purdue, and then there's Virginia's in there, and UCF, or, or I forget who the other team is, but they're all top 15 teams. And you drop down to 12th. I mean, you're supposed to be a playoff team, and that's the other thing about Jack Cohen. I actually feel bad for him. Um, yeah, you transfer this team, probably hoping to make to, to play on a team that's a, a, a playoff caliber team, and, and this is how the team is playing. And he's a senior, so this is it for him. This is his last chance to try to win a, uh, a championship with a team. Defensively, still giving up big plays. And we're not wrapping up. 
you know it's kind of like you know the past year or two I would say we, we kind of clamped down on the uh, missed tackles but we're back to trying to do shoelace tackles and everything instead of just wrapping them up defensive lines getting back there just not wrapping them up have to wrap them up get these sacks put the pressure on the off on their offense to, to do something because we have a quarterback it's got to get that running game going if we could get that running game going that is going to open up so much more of this offense you know our tight end you could see the chemistry between Jack Cohen and our tight end uh, Mayor especially at the end of the game here another reason why I uh, just falling in love with, with Jack Cohen is um, pretty much the last drive of the fourth quarter there uh, I think they were at the, like the 40 yard line or 50 it was pr pretty close to midfield and connected on a pass I believe to to Mayor and it took a timeout or it was going commercial break or something and when it came back here when Cone passed he hit off a, a Purdue, uh, Toledo's helmet dislocating his finger most of the time that player's done he ran over to the trainer trainer popped it back in comes in scores the game winning touchdown and probably that you know just the gutsiest play I mean you can see they showed it too which I was kind of funny watching I usually they cut away from it or something but uh you know it, it wasn't wasn't easy it wasn't you know definitely was hurting um so he definitely has shown that he's he's tough and in two games one bad play I think he should be a starter I don't think we should do this whole two quarterback system we tried it with um Ian Book and Golston didn't work you know once we went to Ian Book our offense was good we had one of our, our, our better um running attacks and that's that's the thing with, with these this offensive line too is we've produced a lot of offensive linemen the past few seasons and if you want to be known as o-line university you need to get your shit together they, they need and i'm hoping that by being dropped down at 12th opens their eyes because after this week if they end up in overtime or only win by five points they're gonna have a rude awakening going up against wisconsin i expect if, if we only win by five points i expect wisconsin to just trounce us by 20. that's gonna be my prediction right now but hopefully Notre Dame comes out this week swinging and just punches purdue right in the mouth and gets that running game going you know how they have scripted plays and everything like that i would go first seven plays no matter what they get run it get that that offensive line going get some confidence in the offensive line early so that way late in the game you can run it down and just tire out purdue Yay! so like i said also at the top of the show uh philadelphia eagles nfl week one play the Atlanta Falcons and I will be completely completely honest I did not see this happening 32 to 6 
the first couple drives um, with the Falcons, our defense wasn't really able to stop them too much until they got inside the the 20 or 30 yard line to you know going in for a touchdown. And after that, it was just all downhill for Atlanta. But Jalen Hurts looked really good. I'll give him credit. Now, Grant, I'm going with the, the, my, my, my saying here. It's only one game, so let's you know pump the brakes on calling him franchise quarterback, give him a hundred million dollar quarterback, you know, contract or whatever. But he looked really good. The running game was there. Um, defensively, I think we still got to clean up some things, even though we only gave up six points. Defensively, the, mostly the cornerbacks got get a little better. You know, we didn't get up no big plays, which is huge. But we definitely have to give that line a little bit more time to get in the backfield. We only had three sacks this game, which if you watched the Falcons left tackle, I really thought there was more sacks than that. Um, He just looked like a fish out of water. And I don't put the blame on him. I put the blame on, on Falcons head coach. You see he's getting blown up. You see he's getting pushed back into the quarterback, back into the running backs. Why are you not giving him any help? Especially against um, Hargrave, who had a, a really, really good preseason. So, you, I mean, you had the film on the Eagles, whether it be preseason or not. You seen Hargrave was blown up the middle there. Got to give him help. I mean, it was it was also good to see the the balanced offense. There was uh, 35 passes compared to 31 rushes, which maybe four or five of those rushes may have been just scrambles that were pass plays. But Miles Sanders had a good game, 76 yards. Which all I want to see out of him this year is to stay healthy and a thousand yard rushing season. I don't think we had one of those since probably Shady McCoy. I mean, you know, 2017, we had, you know, maybe a a Jahi when he was on the team. Maybe he had a thousand yards. Can't really remember, but we really haven't had a a, a three-down running back in years. So we've always been pretty much a running back by committee. And it showed this game, too. Um, The rookie... Running back, Gainwell, had a good game. Uh, I, I was very impressed with Devontae Smith. Which, a little funny thing, I don't know if you guys seen about this. His first career touchdown in the NFL was this exact same spot where he caught game-winning touchdown in the National Conference or nas- National Championship game. It's like, you know, I wonder if they had that all all planned out or something like that but even you know even him he had uh, 60 or 70 yards receiving not bad for a first game rookie six catches um, Jalen Rager played really well and the, the one story that I want to take out of this game too is Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard both guys are playing, pretty much playing out their contract. They're you know, on the last years of their contract with the Eagles. 
in the beginning of the offseason, we were supposedly going to give Goddard an extension and trade Zach Ertz away. But then something happened where Zach Ertz said, you know, I mend the fences. And then all of a sudden, Dallas Goddard was possibly going to get traded and the extension was off the table. So obviously, both these guys are going to be playing the hardest to either A, get the best contract they can with the Eagles or get the best contract in free agency. And that's only going to make that position that much better for the Eagles. Unfortunately, with Zach Ertz, he missed pretty much the whole second half of the of the, the game. And I'm curious to see how, how he does, how he responds this week against San Fran. Because if he starts getting hurt, does that mean he's finally hitting his end of his prime? Is he going to start showing signs of, of oldness? You know, so if you had asked me who I would rather sign to an extension right now, I like Ertz. I always have. I liked him when we drafted him. And he, to this day, I still like him. It's nothing, not a, a, a knock on him or anything like that. But he is older. I would rather sign Goddard. Probably could sign him to a cheaper contract extension compared to what probably Ertz is going to want or uh, ask for. And probably get the same production out of Goddard that you would with Ertz. Because again, you got to remember, we're not signing... Teams don't, don't sign players for what they did in the past. They're signing them for what they think they'll do in the future. That's why you always see these players come out and say that I'm underpaid because, you know, my stats are at the top of the line there. I'm getting paid like a bottom line tight end. Well, I think Goddard would be showing that he's you know, going to have more production over the next couple of years compared to Ertz. So that's that's why I would sign Goddard to an extension compared to Zach Ertz. But we have San Fran this week. San Fran is like the new Philadelphia Eagles. Um... Injury plagued, you know, they lost their, their starting run back this past week. You know, last year, I think it was last year, they lost Bosa to the ACL. You know, so this game I thought would have been a lot, um, a lot more competitive going into it, but this is starting to slowly feel more like a, I hate to say, another Atlanta Falcons game. And I'm not s- saying that, you know, we're going to win 32 6. I think there's going to be more of a fight in this game with the Niners than there was with the the Falcons. But I could see us pulling out the win here, which is funny because going into the season, I thought, you know, Falcons, I thought we could beat in a close game. I thought the Niners could beat us. And then I think we have the Chiefs next week or, or week four. So like in... in Four weeks, I, I thought we would be one in, one in three. We have a potential to be at least two wins right off the bat. Oh, and by the way, screw Chris Sims. He doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to quarterbacks anyways. Putting Jalen Hurts below a backup quarterback in his rankings. Hopefully Jalen Hurts could shut him up and Chris Sims could lose his job and shut up.
So there was a little bit of controversy in the NFL this past week between the Chiefs and the Browns. Now, I wanted to touch on this a little bit. So there was a play in early on in the um, early on in the game. Uh, the Chiefs were running the ball, ran out of bounds, and Ronnie Harrison was coming in for the tackle. Um, Chiefs running back was on the ground, and Ronnie Harrison, when he was getting up or, or trying to get away from the running back, stepped on the player, which the running back's coach of Kansas City, Greg Lewis, came over, pushed Ronnie Harrison you know, away from his player. Ronnie Harrison retaliated and pushed Greg Lewis's head and kind of knocking off his headset and all that stuff. Ronnie Harrison gets the penalty put on and gets ejected from the game. Greg Lewis did not. Now there's um, some of Ronnie Harrison's teammates and even the head coach coming to his defense. They're, you know, they all agree that <clears throat> in a situation like that, um, Ronnie Harrison's got to show a little bit more more, uh, more composure, which we know we very rarely see that with, with these players. You know, their adrenaline's pumping. And if you really watch that video, Greg Lewis came running over and pushed Ronnie Harrison away because it seemed like Harrison was uh, stepping on on purpose. If you watch that video, it, it wasn't. It wasn't purpose. You know, he wasn't stepping on purposely. If anything, he kind of more lost his balance a little bit and trying to regain his balance by putting his foot down. Just happened that hit the running back was right there. I wish that if a player gets <clears throat> if a player gets ejected from a game um, for pushing, you know, a player or punching a player or a coach or or whatnot, you know. And I don't think they do this, but I wish they would go back. Okay, you know, so-and-so is ejected. Go back and, and review that play. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing the, the whole, well, you know, second man always gets gets caught. And, you know, again, I understand, you know, these players are supposed to show a little bit more um, composure when the, these things are going on, but... Dude, their, their adrenaline's pumping so hard. They, they got enough stuff to worry about instead of a, a, a coach. For all we know, the coach purposely did this to try to get Ronnie Harrison ejected, who's one of their the Browns' better defensive players. And Greg Lewis gets to stay on, on the, the, the sideline and coaches his team. I just wish that the NFL could change a rule or put a rule in there that if any player or coach is ejected for punching or, or, or pushing that the play gets automatically reviewed to see why they did that you know was their reaction warranted you know if maybe the first person that that pushed a player okay the second guy punches him all right second guy should have had a lot more composure it was just a push but if that first person punched the other guy, well then, yeah, come on, the second guy's going to just defend himself. So I, I definitely think not only Ronnie Harrison should have been ejected. I mean, that was the right call. But the, the coach should have been ejected from the game, too. And the NFL came out and said that Harrison won't be suspended. 
But if, if they want to make this right, you don't find them either. Otherwise, if you do find them, you find the Kansas City coach and you suspend them for one game for getting involved. You cannot have that happen. Especially with coaches. They're supposed to be the the most composed people on that field compared to these players. I'm just sick and tired of seeing, like I said, the second player um, always gets the, the penalty. That's just so stupid. So before we do our combat corner, because we got UFC uh, fights this week, which look decent, not the best, but not the worst. Um, we are going to do our blue picks. Fourth and five. Jones steps up, takes off, he's in, touchdown! Third down and three. Jackson has all day, looking deep for Hollywood Brown again, he's got it, Brown off to the races, and he stays on his feet, touchdown! And here is your Blue Picks of the Week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. That's right, so last week, for our Week 1 Blue, uh, blue Picks, was looking good. It was looking to be two and one possibly from on my picks, but Minnesota decided to lose it in overtime against the Bengals. Um, just to kind of recap my picks from last week, the blowout picks I had Packers over Saints. Obviously, we know Aaron Rodgers threw that game, so he can make the Packers look bad. Um, my lock was like I just said, Minnesota over Cincinnati. Cincinnati won in overtime, but for my upset pick, which DraftKings owes me a lot of money. Um, I took the Steelers over to Bill. Steelers won. I tried so many times to put a bet in for the Steelers to win the game, and DraftKings website kept going down or something like that. So I couldn't put the bet in there to win that one. So to kick off the season, I'm 1-2 on my picks. Hopefully this week is a little bit better. Um, for my blowout pick for week two... I have the Broncos over the Jaguars. Um, I watched that Giants-Broncos game. Teddy Bridgewater looked look good. The Jerry Judy um, injury is going to definitely hurt him. But it's the Jaguars. Come on now. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't look any good. Um, plus, the Broncos defense was dominant against the Giants. And even though the Giants are bad... I think they're still better than the Jaguars. So I got the, the Broncos, who are giving six. I think they're going to cover that easily. Um, for my lock pick, I have the Cardinals over the Vikings. Arizona is giving uh, four and a half points as of right now. Listen, Chandler Jones, he played lights out last week. Uh, I believe he had a career high in sacks. Um, Kyler Murray played outstanding. Uh, multiple touchdowns. Vikings, who went to overtime with the Bengals. The Bengals. Lost. And obviously, the Cardinals are a lot better team. They have a lot more weapons than the Bengals do. So, again, I think that's a lock. 
I think that's the most sure pick to to do as of this point of the season. Probably the, the most sure pick of the season. Uh, for my upset pick, I got the Raiders over the Steelers. Pittsburgh's given five and a half points this game. Um, Raiders had a better offense, I, I believe, between the two. Even though the first half of that Raiders game, their car wasn't the greatest, came out strong in the second half. I think they, they really played four quarters this game. And, I mean, the defenses are about equal, so that's why I got the the Raiders um, beating the Steelers probably by three points. You know, it's gonna be. I think it's going to be a close game. It should be a good game. And hopefully it'll shut up all the Steelers fans saying, oh, see, we, we are actually good. We are, you know, what we were last year, 11-0. No, you didn't play nobody last year when you were 11-0. Now you got to play some good teams because you played so well last year or had a better record than you should have. So that's my my picks uh, for the blue picks this week. Broncos over the Jaguars for the blowout. Cardinals over Vikings as my lock. Raiders over Steelers for my upset. And up next, we have our Combat Corner segment sponsored by BetAngles. Live scores, odds, and the best expert picks every day. Start winning today at BetAngles.com. So like I said, we have UFC Fight Night. Just going right into the picks because it's getting late here now. Um, main event, light heavyweight bout between Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spahn. Another light heavyweight uh, fight between Ion Kudalaba versus Devin Clark. Women's flyweight, Ariana Lipsky versus Mandy Baum. Lightweight fight between Armin Sarokanyan versus Christos Giagas. Middleweight fight between Jacquin Buckley versus Antonio Arreo. And then kicking off the uh, main, main card is Nate Manis versus Tony Gravel. Um, going with Tony Gravel here. He's 2-1 in the UFC since coming over from Dana White's uh, contender series. Has nine knockouts, three subs. I think he's going to knock out Manis here. Um, the middleweight fight between Jaquan Buckley versus Arreo. Uh, I got Buckley, who's 2-2 two and two in UFC right now. Lost his last fight, but he has finishing power with both of his wins as knockouts. And I think that's what's going to happen here. You're going to see a spectacular knockout. Uh, lightweight fight, Armin Sarukayan versus Christos Giagas. I got Armand winning. He's 3-1 UFC and won his last three. I think he's looking for a, a uptick in better competition or a stiffer competition. So I think that's why he's going to win this one um, to help keep moving up those rankings. Uh, women's flyweight, Ariane Lipsky versus Mandy Baum. Uh, Lipsky's 2-3 and three in her last five fights. Baum is actually making her UFC debut, but won her last fight in Bellator. I know the... The, the big talk is UFC is far superior than Bellator's um, talent. But there's some parts of UFC that's not as good and Bellator's good at. I think women's the women's flyweight is about equal. So I think uh, Mandy Baum is going to pull this off and win that fight. Uh, co-main event is Ion Kudalaba versus Devin Clark. Go Clark here. Just because um, Ion is 3-1-1 in his last five. 
Clark is three and two. As long as he stays off the ground, I think he pulls us out. Then for the main event, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spawn. Listen, I like Anthony Smith. He's tough. He just doesn't know when to, to say enough's enough. But like I said, the past couple fights, even though he won his last two fights against lesser competition, I think he's past his prime. I think he, he he's past the time, like his time to get that belt. So I'm going with Spawn here. Um, who's actually four and one in his last five fights here? Um, Spawn as my last pick for the UFC Fight Night. I may be on the Twitter. Um, definitely will be doing some Twitter um, for Notre Dame. So make sure you guys head over to StayTunedSports.net so that way you can click the Twitter uh, link there, follow us, and you know you could chime in with my, some of my comments about Notre Dame or Fight Nights or Bare Knuckle. Um, make sure you head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports in case you want to you know, show your support on the website. Buy me a beer. And like I said, anything that you guys donate goes right back into the, the giveaways. The more I get, bigger the big the, the giveaways. So always, uh, you always want to make sure to follow our, our social medias because that's where I'll announce the giveaways. Not sure if I'll ever announce them on the, the show. Might just be a spur the moment thing. So make sure you guys do all that. And if you have any arguments or questions you want me to answer, we still have the chat line 612 STS chat. Can't get that much easier than that. Surprised no one called me out about my Josh Allen um, prediction. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo. Signing out.